Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> I'm something different. The ear of my brother, the hand of a friend, and I just can't put them back together again. Pick up the bows and set them on fire. Follow the smoke, going higher and higher. Pick up the What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> yeah, we're back, baby. It is, uh, what is this, Bare Bones? I don't know. <laughs> Skeleton Crew something. The Screaming the screaming Crew? <laughs> it's the Scream Crew. It is Scream Week. It's back. Uh, I enjoyed Scream Week last year, and it's back, and I'm glad to be a part of it on the podcast uh, end of it. And I am joined by one of my best friends and horror aficionado, Aaron Duncan. What's up, brother? Yo, yo, man. It's been too long since we've got on the whole podcast together, man. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to talk scream. I scream, you scream, we all scream for, well, you know, <laughs> stuff. Yep. Uh, so some, some people might not really know you if they're not in the Facebook group. But uh, that's because Aaron, for what's, whatever weird reason, we never got together for the Skeleton Crew, but he did a ton of Married with Children podcasts with me, Dan, and Jamie. Uh, we've done a lot of stuff together. It's always a great time. We did all those uh, Cut to the Chase episodes. Oh, yeah. Total blast. Everything we've ever done was a blast. And yeah, like um, I might have called into the crew a time or two, maybe, but like... For some reason, like I didn't because like I've always been sporadic, like either I've been off Facebook for a couple of years or on it. And I don't think I really got proactive in like the potential of like meeting you guys and being friends with you guys until like pretty late into the run. But I've been a you know listener since like I've discovered podcasts, like I think in like 2013 or 14. So I've, I've, I've been a longtime fan and then we became best buds through the process and it's just been a great time. And yeah, it'll it'll be fun. The thing that made me uh, – <clears throat> that really sparked my interest in being Aaron's friend was he sent in a video on our Facebook group on our fifth anniversary. And and you did that whole nice – well, some of it was nice. Hey, what's up, Skeleton Crew? It's Aaron Duncan. I just wanted to say a happy five-year anniversary to you guys. Um, you know, there's a lot of favorite moments I have on the show. Also, happy WrestleMania Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of favorite moments I have on the show. Uh, probably number one is the Michael J episode, the Curse of Michael J, um, and more or less Dan's reaction when he kind of puts shit together and realizes what's going on. Uh, number two is probably, I think during the Creep Show retrospective, when um, Dave Z and Alex are talking about how they both somehow shit pizza boxes. Um, that had me fucking laughing so hard I had to pull over to the side of the road. And then probably the third favorite, I think is episode 117. I think it's 117 where um, Dan comes back, you know, for the first time. Not when it's like official, but when he comes back and you guys talk, like kind of in the fence, that kind of hits home and I think that's really cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, the Skeleton Crew has such a um, crazy history. I've been re-listening and listening to it now while listening to Bare Bones. And um, it's been very, very nostalgic for me, but also it's just like, the waves of different eras that come that come in and out like i mean and all positive to me like all positive and like it's yeah. weird because it's almost like growing with it and all that stuff so it, it's it's, it's kind of like metallica it's like metallica you got the different <laughs> you got the different phases and it's like you you are the james of this thing oh yeah right. Yeah, you're the james i'm the riff master you're the riff master yeah 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 and like uh yeah we don't know who is everybody else like i don't I don't know who Lars would be. <laughs> no, probably Michael J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so God. I, so I listened to Iron Maiden. I listened to the same song three times a day, 236 times in a, a matter of months. Like, yeah. uh, that's oh, great. Yeah. But uh, sadly, uh, we they couldn't get Cliff Burton back, but we got Dan back at one point, so that that's kind of a weird thing. Like we did have like mix and match and come back and go away and all that. So th- we had something Metallica didn't have. <laughs> we had returning members. Yeah, uh, you know. So hey, who knows? Maybe Jason will come back. Yeah, I mean they got Dave back on stage with him a time or two, so I mean yeah, it all works out. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's Scream Week. Obviously, we're here for Scream Six. If you don't like that opening banter, then you're not a you're not a skeleton crew person. You're just here for the review, and <laughs> I get it. You know, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, but before I go there, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 more about us. Like, <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about us. A let's use this little stream thing as a vehicle to talk about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, God, it, it's like it's like uh, it's like a hyper version of what we get on Instagram, right? Yeah, exactly. Dave, uh, Dave and Jamie could not make it uh, to this this review. Uh, I think Jamie uh, wasn't. She wasn't able to actually watch the movie until a little later. So what's it called? So I wanted to just reminisce real quick on our Scream retrospective. We did in 2000. I'm going to, oh God, it was like show 80 something. I'm going to say 14. I think we did in 14. Uh, It was like show 81, 82, 83, whatever. And, uh, you know, my wife wanted to hear it. And Scream is her favorite horror movie. So we watched, you know, the Screams this week and we watched Scream 2. And she goes, let's let's hear your review while we're because we had a long drive. I just met Charlie Hunnam this weekend. We had a long ride to Monster Mania, and he's one of the greatest human beings alive. Jax from Sons of Anarchy is you'll you'd love him more as a person than you even do as a character. He's really a one in a million billion type dude. Uh, so that is, I'm on a high from that. Then I just got done with this movie, and so we're listening to Scream Two. And she says, wow, do you hear yourself? And I'm like, oh, God, what I do? And then she's like, no, you have this excitement in your voice, this unbelievable giddiness that just exudes, like, energy and fun and excitement. She goes, why were you so excited to record this review? You know what it was? It Us, our retrospective for that franchise almost seemed like an event, which the movie seemed to me. So I think, I think I was just living out the feeling the movies give me when I, when I did that. So I, I guess I, then I listened for that after she said, I guess I did hear that. There was a lot of excitement. And the reason I'm saying that is because I, I, I feel a lot of that now. Um, <clears throat> because I just, I love when like uh, a franchise from back in the day can claim, you know, legit, 
entertainment today to today's audience. Mm -hmm. Giving away anything how I feel, I'm I'm not saying this is like something I'm going to gush over. There's definitely things to talk about, but I'm just excited about uh, it happening in general and, and the success of it and all that good stuff. How how did you see this movie? For one, dude, so pretty cool. It was me, my girlfriend, and my brother. And I went and seen it in the same theater. It's about a 30 minute drive, 35 minute drive that I seen Scream 2 in when it came out. Um, wow. Yeah, and I was a kid when I seen that. And so, like, and the cool thing too is, is this theater has not been updated since the night, well, probably since the 80s, honestly, um, as far as like the aesthetic goes. And it's just kind of got that atmosphere and that vibe. Like it's in a little college town, not too far from here as well. So pretty cool atmosphere to go see it in and the lights dim and just kind of feel those things that maybe you don't get in like the, a modern theater experience. Cause like we have um, a more commercialized theater in there and it's literally that to where before you even get to the previews, you go through like, a 15 to 20 minute span of just a bunch of commercials dude that's what i did like yeah yeah so like um this is just pretty much strictly like movies you know and it, it's definitely a, a, an enthusiast i would say style theater but they release movie like new movies you know because a lot of indie theaters won't do like all the mainstream movies whereas this one is kind of a perfect little uh niche in doing that but it has an indie vibe wow I did the exact opposite. I just went to my AMC theater. I got the Dolby chairs that are like recliners. Dude, I, I mean, that's the thing, though. I love an AMC theater. If I'm, I seen Cocaine Bear in one the week before, and man, what an experience. Yeah, no, it's it's an experience. That's how I, I see all my stuff. Um, I did used to go to this place, uh, Sinopolis, which was kind of like a downgraded version of a theater. But one time we went to see a movie in a place like that. And I swear to God, they said their heat wasn't working. And it was like 64 degrees in the theater, Ooh. like d during the whole movie. So I'm like, yeah, okay. I think we're done being nostalgic. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, by the way, if I sound weird, I'm, I'm, I was sick, uh, oddly enough, five weeks ago. And I, <laughs> and I still don't sound that much better for some reason, but uh, so yeah, Scream 6, 2023, directors Matt uh, Open and Tyler Gillette, writers James Vanderbilt, <clears throat> Guy Busick, Kevin Williamson. Uh, it's the Radio Silence team. I don't know if anybody knows that. It's like this team of dudes who are uh, who kind of took over the Scream franchise. Uh, very similar to what went on with the Halloween. Again, like that's... And that's why they even pointed that out in the last movie that it's the requel thing. It's it's just what we do now in Hollywood. Um, uh, now, but they moved on from requel to franchise. Now it's all about the franchise. Uh, so in this one, you got Courtney Cox, Melissa Barrera, mm, uh, Jenna Ortega. <sighs> this movie's made for you, brother. <laughs> Uh, Jasmine Brown, Mason Gooding from the last movie, the the guy and, and girl. God, so uh, hot. S Skeet Ulrich, Roger Jackson as the voice, and I do have an opinion on that. Um, Detective Bailey, Dermot Mulroney, uh, the nerdy kid, Jack Champion, the weird boyfriend of Melissa, Josh Segara. I'm so glad you said that. Go on. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's dude. Even when he was talking, I was like, why does he sound like he could hardly speak English? But he doesn't sound like he has an accent either. He looks like, <laughs> like he, he looks like he's tweaking out of his mind on meth. His eyes look like they were about <laughs> to pop out of his head. And they're like, oh yeah, the cute one across the hallway. I was like, uh. Yeah. This is this girl's level of cute, like, dude, Alex and I got shots all day long. Like, Oh, out. God. Oh, yeah. I could totally get Melissa Barrera. Oh, yeah, dude. If if, if this guy could. And uh, <clears throat> the big return of Hayden Penetier, Kirby. <clears throat> that is huge. Kirby is, I think, everybody's favorite of Scream 4. And I'm a huge fan of Scream 4. So not only is that one of my favorite movies, but easily one of my favorite characters. Of course, I don't like her hair in that movie, but I can't see that enough. Yeah, it took her all these years to only grow it as, like, where's that now? (laughs) (laughs) Five years later, it's barely to her shoulder. Yeah. Uh, So this movie right now at this moment at 17,000 votes has 7.4 IMDb rating. Basically, same as, uh, I think it's higher than the last one, Scream 5. Um, So that's, that's good. New York setting. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said for Scream 5. Screams are always big events, and they feel like a spectacle when you watch them, right? It doesn't seem like a normal movie, right? It seems like something on a grander scale, would you say? Yeah, for sure. But not the last two. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's obviously different, but it's more um, intimate, and it, it doesn't seem as big. It's more personal. So I guess that's good. Maybe they don't feel that the spectacle thing is is the way to go anymore in in this day and age the way that plays into new york is they treated new york um intimately too like it's not about new york at all did you notice that like it's not like they had a chase up the statue of liberty 100 percent, that was in my notes like and i don't like like i struggled with that a little bit because in the previews i thought well, that could be creative because, like, you know, taking some of the – I don't know if you've ever uh, seen uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, um, what was that? The uh, sixth – seventh one or – Yeah. Uh, it's – it's uh, Oh, the eighth one. The eighth yeah, one. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Eighth – yeah. Uh, anyway, no. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the one thing they do is the whole movie takes place there as opposed to, like, 15 minutes of it or whatever, 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> but – I was one of these guys from the previews. I thought, okay, well, they're not going to give the only New York thing away um, in the previews <laughs> with the subway thing. And they pretty much did. Cause other than the subway thing, like I don't feel like it, the New York thing, the card was played enough. Like you could have put it anywhere and not had the subway stuff. And I feel like the movie would have been about the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, like to me, I was expecting a little more from the New Yorkness. Like now some of the stuff, if we're, you know, already kind of, into it like the way they use the alley thing was really cool and all that stuff um there were there were some some neat things for sure but i definitely was wanting a little more like and i hate to say this um because i think it's one of the worst pieces of shit to ever like my eyes see um but like i would make the argument and this isn't me like because this is bottom barrel of the scream franchise to me um but i would make the argument that scream three did a better job of making you feel like you were in Hollywood than this new screen ma- did of making me feel like I was in New York. Um, I agree with that. Well, for one, this was filmed in, in Canada, 
<laughs> Once again. Oh, no wonder they were all so surrey. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't too far from Jason Diggs Manhattan in certain aspects. <laughs> I guess only the like the wide shots or whatever. Uh so that is a thing. Um yeah they didn't do that. It was just like a bodega, it was an alley, it was a park, it was the subway, apartments, things like that. Now Am I going to say that th- here's the difference? Here's why you can't be upset by this. The movie wasn't riding on its location. It's not like Ghostface takes Manhattan. Fair. Right? It's not like you like, "Oh man, I wanted to see the Empire State Building and the World Trade Center, the one building. I wanted to see the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever." Like, they didn't exactly <clears throat> make like you were going to see that. Or like this was going to be some grand event like they did with Jason Takes Manhattan. So I think that's the problem with that movie. I feel like, you know, maybe some of the previews or the posters made me think that. But I know when I seen the first trailer, I know for a fact, the first thought that came to my head was Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, they've done this before. I feel like they're not going to make the same mistakes that movie did. And they certainly they certainly didn't like uh, like. You know, I don't want to no. spoil too much or anything, but Ghostface doesn't like go through a sewer and wind up a little boy or anything. It's like, <laughs> well, so, some will argue this ending wasn't much better, <laughs> but yeah, they we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard things, so and and I, you know, I'm I'm on the fence myself, but um, so glad about that. Yeah, it it was uh, something. So. <laughs> So the one good thing about the New York setting is that it's so congested that Ghostface could be anybody now, mm. and and that brings on a whole whole new meaning. Like it's always it always could be anybody, but now it could be like anybody, and they're all right here. That vibe was awesome. That's what I loved about that. You know, even if they did give a little of it away in the trailer, that's what I fucking loved about that subway scene. Is it was like that was so. If, well done. Yeah, if you if you were in that situation intense, that like definitely would be something that would scare the living shit out of you. If you like, and the subway scene was really well done. Like, I, you know, like I said, I seen this with my girlfriend and my brother. You know, I'll, I'll let you know like the, the way the overall opinion was uh, as we go on through this thing. Pretty much all across the board, everyone agreed that scene. You just it was great, and you felt it. It was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie has 15 deaths in it. So now uh, let's talk about uh, the returning characters, Sam and um, Tara. Sam is a cool final girl. Now, I didn't like her in, in, in the first movie, but she's she really grew on me here. And they gave her way more character depth. And it wasn't just her keep looking in a rearview mirror and talking to her dad. They did do that, but... Um, <laughs> And I'm not saying it was much better than the first movie or anything, but it wasn't just that. And it was a lot of like, th- this was a commentary on how the internet reacts to these types of stories also. I, w- I don't want to say like victim shaming or, or victim turning or whatever you want to call it, but consp- more conspiracy driven of like, I think she's the real killer. She's the one who killed these people because her dad is the killer and all that. And it really, it, you could feel the weight of it on her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Did you not love her way more in this movie than the last one? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, transparency, I barely even remembered her Like from the last one. No, no, uh, no, like she was much better in this movie, and at least she had some depth. Like I definitely 
like when she was seeing the fucking professor therapist guy and all that stuff in the beginning, um, I definitely felt bad for her there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like trying to hold on to her sister and this and that and keeping, you know, the secret relationship quiet with like the poor man's insane looking Christian Bale quiet. Like <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I, she definitely had more depth in this movie than the, the last one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her boyfriend has a poor man's Christian Bale. Dude. He looks like Christian Bale. Oh God. tweaked out of his mind from the terminator movie he did like i mean he oh looks God. like exactly like that are you professional or not yeah the, yeah that one are you professional <laughs> how'd you like me ripping down the fucking lights <laughs> oh yeah he's definitely that guy wow that's awesome uh and oh my god i don't know like what shots we saw of this uh sam in the last movie but dude those jeans <laughs> that girl's thick they knew what they were doing <laughs> oh i was like damn I, I have a whole new appreciation here not but, uh, not in woodsboro anymore man <laughs> or not yeah that's a new york chick now <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna make sure that people know yeah <laughs> yeah she fits right in boy um then you got jenna ortega of now wednesday fame and did you notice, like, in the in the train, one girl was dressed as Wednesday? Yeah, I was wondering if that was, like, a clever nod. Like, I was kind of wondering, I would assume that this was shot well with before, like, the Wednesday stuff was even, like, publicized or right. and stuff like that. Because, like, you know, she's gigantic now. Like, everyone loves her. And, and, like, you know, the people in Scream, like, I feel like the people making this, probably didn't realize she was going to blow up the way she has and no. and like they were putting all their money in courtney cox and hayden panettiere and now like you know <laughs> ortega is like a much more marketable name and all that stuff but oh yeah and i love that i love jenna right from the beginning yeah you've always been a jenna guy Mm-hmm. yeah so this is great to see um and it's not going to be like my Robert Downey Jr. Uh, fiasco where he was like one of my favorite actors. And then when he became Iron Man, I lost interest. <laughs> I was like, well, now everybody likes him. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this with her. I'm just going to take this ride with her. And she's still doing everything I like. Like I've watched all of Wednesday and I and I watched every movie she really kind of did. X and... Uh, X was awesome, dude. Yeah. So that was great. And a great little scene there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I, that stuff. I had to think about it. I was like, what's he talking about? Oh, yeah. Damn, remember she was climbing up on the bed? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was unbelievable, dude. So, like, Samantha, I love her. She looks better now, too. Uh, my wife even said that. Um, I love, like, the eyes that she gives. I love her I love her evil um, side to her. Like, I, without giving, I don't know. This is a spoiler review. But without getting into it, the last stab she does. The way she pulls it out of of the person and and looks down at them and was, is kind of cynical and, mm-hmm. and making like humor out of it, I love that. Oh yeah, and then like she is so fast at her stabbing, like it is insane how quick she can stab. Oh yeah, with the one, oh my god, like it was like bah, 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 bah. like I bet she'd be one of those cooks that you see like slice a carrot and shit like super fast. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, it becomes like little like chips just coming out. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to make, she can make eye contact with another person while she's doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, she's awesome in this movie. Uh, Taro's great in this movie too. Like, um, I loved her opening scene, the way she was conversing with that dude who just got done murdering the chick in the alley. Like, just her, the way she came off. 
mm-hmm. I liked. It was very good. And um, I love her whole line about, I'm not going to let three days of my life. Um, I forgot how she worded it. I'm probably not like going to th- really th- Three days of my life determine the rest of it or some shit? So, something like that, right? I think we all know if we saw that. That's like some powerful knowledge to have when you're drunk. Like, <laughs> dude, dude, and it's funny because I know a lot of people, uh, sadly a lot in my family, who will not let go of the past. They they will not. And I've had some pretty bad things happen to me, like things that I could be in therapy for. And But I'm, I'm just not the kind of person to I, – I don't let bad things – they don't sit in my head. They, they are just gone. Like I always said that's why the rearview mirror is so small because it's not all that worth – looking at or hanging out it's not that it's not it's not as important as what's in the windshield oh yeah dude, dude you and i have had some good brother talks before and it's like one of those deals where we talk about a lot of times just staying present you know what i mean and being right being in a moment and like i'm nostalgic you know for shit i love like i love good memories i've had good times right. and all that stuff but like if something's like ear and like bothering me like I usually am a pretty patient guy. I'm pretty good at dissecting it, not getting mad. And I'll kind of play this game with myself of this inner dialogue where I'm like, is this going to bother me a year from now? Most of the time, the answer is no. Is this going to bother me six months from now? Most of the time, the answer right. is no. I'll deduce it all the way down. Like, if this doesn't matter in six months or a week or two weeks, like, it doesn't matter right now. And usually, Then it doesn't matter now. Yeah, right. I can usually just walk away from it. So, no, nah, man, I'm with you, brother. The, like, And I'm with her. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait three days of my life like ruin yeah i mean get the get the hell out of here you know what i'm saying i I really wouldn't you know it's it's weird you know you just you get up you dust off and you keep going yeah unless she can make money off it unless she's like well those three days of my life i got a fucking book deal and this and that now (laughs) like yeah yeah, that's a little different but if i have a lifetime movie deal then i'm like oh yeah sure it was really traumatizing (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) god i can't get over this thing yeah yeah um so yeah same thing yeah um this yeah, the whole thing. This my opinion of both these girls has been risen. I already liked Tara, but now I like Sam, and I'm glad I like Sam. I didn't like that. I didn't like her, so I'm glad I do now. Uh, Ghostface. First, let's talk Roger Jackson. Now, I loved him in Scream Five. I thought that was one of his best performances ever, and I didn't feel that way here. And I'm wondering if it's. I didn't like the the recording quality or something. I don't know what it was, but I didn't feel that magic when I heard him talk like I did in Scream 5 or any of the other ones. Hmm. Did you notice any difference? You know, I guess retrospectively thinking about it, none of his phone calls really got to where they were like under my skin or anything like that. So, yeah, it wasn't something I noticed, but... I think you're right, Alex. Like, I think because it's one of those deals, like, now that I'm thinking about, like, no, none of those things were really jarring to me that he said or did. And it's iconic, right? Or iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And his voice has like a certain timber to it. Right. The way they recorded it in the previous movies that definitely. That's not there now. Yeah. That's definitely not there. And. Oh, I'm so glad you you put words to what I was trying. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And like, that could be, you know, that could be a thousand things that could be like he's up there in age it could be a recording thing it could be just the way they mixed it but like yeah yeah he lacked there was some sort of depth or something that wasn't there it wasn't there yeah, yeah. it's strange um 
Yeah. Uh, so for so for for Ghostface though, I I feel like we always say this. I think it's a natural progression. Um, <clears throat> never been more dangerous. Never been more brutal. Now, one problem with this is that I don't I don't know which scene either one of these cops' kids was Ghostface. No kidding. Like I I said <laughs> that. So I'm supposed to believe that a five foot two girl and a fucking like scrawny like kid are the ones that are like overpowering everybody. Like when they went into that bodega and that fucking oh. dude was like, "You got a problem, pal?" Like Ghostface was like nose to nose with him, and it's like. If it was either one of them, that dude would have whooped their fucking ass. Like, yeah, that costume does not give you superpowers. I'm sorry, it's not the Iron Man suit. Yeah, like it gives them height and like, like you know, like a wide wings. Because like, as soon as they came, because I'm pretty sure that dad isn't exactly like you know a giant or anything either. As soon as they came on each side of them, I was like, what? Like, I was like, they seem way shorter that because when they like you know, we're stabbing the Chad guy. They seem like pretty like equal size. And as soon as they came up beside the dad, I was like, so this, so have I been seeing Ghostface wrong? Am I seeing him larger than he really is? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. Why not cast bigger people? I don't, I don't get it. Like why them two? Uh, I'm totally confused on that. Yeah. I guess it's t- to miss Lee, but then I guess you could argue that with a lot of people, like the, the chick in the last movie, when did she kill somebody? Well, too, I mean, I, I don't want to break the fourth wall here, but I, I strongly feel like they have a stuntman playing Ghostface. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, I, I but, but of course, we're trying to put it in terms of like... Things that actually make sense and people that are going to watch this sense, more right. than once. Yeah, like, right. um, yeah it, it does not add up. Like I, I, like, I feel like, too, in the previous movies, like, let's just go back to the original franchise. Like, I feel like the killers... They always must have sized them up to whoever was the stuntman and who was like the actual killers because like Billy and Stu, I could believe it. Like um, right, yeah, Mickey, sure. I could believe it. Like the 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 Billy's mom, I feel like she didn't do as many kills. I feel like the only one she did was Randy, and like you don't really get a uh, a good like size to ratio thing with that. But like, but yeah, that like Timothy Oliphant, totally believable. Um, oh yeah, the yeah. the weird brother in the third one, uh, like yep. Yeah, sure. I guess so. Roman yeah. that size up. The fourth one, it started getting like, okay. Yeah, Jill threw it off. Yeah, Jill threw it off, and the pasty, like weird looking kid uh, threw it off. Colkin, yeah. Colkin, yeah. yeah, the Colkin Coken or whatever. What the fuck is his name? Is Rory Colkin or Co- Rory? Rory Colk. God, man. their parents. Yeah, the are, parents. Oh, yeah. their parents were fucking high and just mumbling whatever they could when their kids were born. <laughs> she was still on like her drugs to make the the birth pain not be too bad. She, yeah. She's fucking snorting epidural, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then the last one, you had the chick from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then that that uh, that nerdy dude, but I guess he could. He just wasn't playing a tough role. But let's just say he was tough deep down. Then, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But he didn't look it. Yeah, but yeah, they're definitely like we could like this was probably to me more jarring than the other ones. Like because it was like none of them were like none of them were up none to it. Them. Yeah. Now, if you told me James Hatfield was in the ghost costume, I could believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. They'd be like, uh, we know who the killer is. Like, <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, if the ghost face echoes when he says, hey, then you know it's James. Yeah. Uh, so, 
so yeah, the one positive about the movie was, um, I will say it's edited very well. Mostly all killer, no filler. Um, <clears throat> lots of suspenseful scenes. I definitely felt I was waiting to exhale the whole movie. Uh, and I do remember the moment I did exhale. Uh, it was it was during the reveal. And uh, no matter how I felt about that, at least I did feel that it was a time that I could exhale. And I, it was a, an, a, an actual final. The reason I'm even mentioning it is because it was my first deep breath. Mm. So that that means I was kind of in my mode. And I was doing the, I guess I, when I get into mode, I do small breaths or something. I don't know. But I remember I was like, like that when after everything like unraveled, I guess. And I, so that's a good sign. I guess that means I was in suspense. Yeah. I like, I mean, even if we're talking about um, just from the very beginning, even um, like it was a great, great opening. Um, And like that Samara weaving chick, golly. And like, I'm. Oh, she's hot. Dude, her body was rocking. All three of us in the theater, um, we had a crush on her. Like all like all yeah, like I mean every like I don't know if I've ever heard a single dude or chick that hasn't seen her and been like, Oh, that girl and all that stuff. And Oh yeah, rocking body. Like well, I'm not I'm not even normally like like historically, I'm not even much of like for for blondes and all that much, but golly, dude, definitely like a a top five in the Hollywood crush sort of thing. Maybe I'd have to really think on it, but like, but it was so creative. They had the, the dude that plays flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man movies. Um, Right. I heard he's from Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I knew right away that he wasn't the killer. Cause like my brother leaned in and was like, that's an interesting twist. They show the killer's face in the beginning. And I was like, I don't feel like that. I, I feel like that's that something is up here and all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was cool the way they laid that, the way they laid that out. See, it's funny you say that. I almost kind of felt a sense of relief. I'll be honest with you. First, the first thing that struck me when this movie started was the phone ringing. I literally kind of went, okay, let's do this again. And I was almost bummed out that I cannot believe we're doing this again. You would think somebody would have a little more creativity um, somewhere along the way and say, yeah, listen, we just cannot keep doing this. But I guess they didn't do that in Scream 4. That was more of the the fake out watching the movie thing. So I get but I think it did lead to a call even eventually. I kind of forgot. But but the thing that I was happy about was so the first call, it's not to anybody. It's to the restaurant and they put them on hold. And I was like, oh. Wow, well, that's cool. So they had a call, but it's something else. So maybe this would be like a different, refreshing opener. So now this lady's waiting for a date, texting the guy. And then he says, hey, can I call you? And it's another voice. Now, we've heard that before. Uh, Even when the guy was faking out Jenna Ortiz in the last movie, like about dating her mom or whatever. But this went on and on and on. Then it, when he gets to, like, I'm outside, can you see me, this and that, what's the color of the building, then it started to get kind of creepy, and it, it actually was very awkward, and um, it was like a, te- a very tense awkwardness to the whole thing, because it, it was just a lot of confusion or whatever, and it was very awkward. So then when she starts walking to the alley, and she says, he says, do you see me, and she, you're looking, and like, no one's there, it gets, it gets a lot crazier, then all of a sudden he drops into the voice 
And then you're like, oh, okay. So, so I had a mix of emotions. Like, well, for one, this is done a little more in, more interesting and better, but we are still doing it. But okay, fine. Well, let's see where this goes. It's it's definitely different because now with the New York setting, it's not everyone. It's not enclosed in your home now. Now, like you're out in the element, and people can rescue you. People can see what's happening. People can catch the killer. There's a whole plethora of different scenarios now Mm -hmm. so i was kind of on board with it then you get to the brutal killing and then you're just kind of like trying to take that in then all of a sudden he takes his mask off and you're like huh well this is completely different well wait what yeah so but i i was welcoming that i actually was like oh wow so this won't be the same as the first five. It won't be a whodunit. It'll actually have another take. Like the same way we know if Michael's killing you or Jason's killing Like it won't be like that. It, like it always was. It'll be like like that instead. Like where we know. But maybe that'll be a great payoff. And then he goes home and he's watching Jason Takes Manhattan. And he, you very, know so very, very, yeah. On the nose, yeah. Yeah. What's so amazing about that is as soon as he opened his apartment door, the first note of music and sound of an actor or character, I literally turned to my wife. I said, it sounds like they're watching Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> she goes, you can't be that pathetic, right? Like, you wouldn't know that just from, like, the five seconds he's been in here, right? And I was like, no, I, I think it is. <laughs> so, then all of a sudden. When it comes on his TV, she just looks at me in disgust. <laughs> you can't serve divorce papers today. It's like, dude, I don't even know what to say. Who else in that theater noticed that that was Jason Takes Manhattan before it was on screen? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, she didn't say it as mean as that. Like, you can't be that pathetic. She goes, babe, you got to be kidding me, right? How would you know that? She, she like, put it in a nice bow, but that's really what she that's was thinking. That's what she's really herself. saying. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when she handed me the engagement ring at the end of the movie, I think that might have been a sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is over. But uh, yeah, so what do you think of that twist where you you saw who the killer was and all of a sudden it's not the killer? I kind of felt like that was going to be obvious. I was like, surely this is a... I go into everything thinking there's a swerve somewhere. And uh, like I was like, surely they wouldn't give the killer away this quick because I guess like... If they do, I can leave now. Like, I mean, am I like, <laughs> like, like? Surely that's not the case. Like, what a low budget they probably had. But like, um, like, like, what? Why do I need to know that? Like, you know, because I do. <clears throat> honestly, I like the mystery aspect of Scream. Right. Me too. So, yeah. So I think my thought was that okay, this dude is one. He thinks he's one of the killers, but the real killer is going to come and like stab him in the face. And I thought like, maybe it's a cult sort of thing or something like that. Oh, it's like, okay. So the real killer is this dude's boyfriend, I guess. And uh, then it's like, well, it's kind of gearing up that maybe it's not the boyfriend because the phone call, like, like definitely made you feel like he wasn't alive. And then when he killed him, he was like, do you feel like a piece of meat? That That was Awesome. Great killing. Great opening. As soon as the scream title hit, I was like, hell yes. Right. Yeah. Um, that was him describing the kill 
like, oh yeah, man. So when I first did it, like, but it it didn't. That sounds like when someone doesn't know about sex tries to have phone sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. and so yeah, like, <laughs> like that's exactly what it sounded like. But you know, I I will say it wasn't executed. Pro- Maybe that guy's not like a good actor, or the Spider Man guy, or something, because he kills the the girl, and then he just nonchalantly walks down the street without a care in the world. And then later on decides to describe this as if it's the first time. Now, anybody who hunts deer knows what buck fever is. Like, when you make your first kill, even on an animal, you have this charge that goes through your body that is, like, indescribable. Like, you, you cannot stop shaking there's all these endorphins flowing through you. It's it's a pretty unique feeling. And it's definitely not something that you could just have a conversation with Tara in the street when you know that you're going to kill her too next. And you just happen to bump into her and you could just talk as if nothing different happened to you five minutes ago when you just murdered a human being for the first time, like mm-hmm. it just was not, he did not convey that to me. So I was very confused about the whole thing. Yeah. I, I feel that I feel, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in the Spider-Man movies, he plays a great, great, like douchey guy, like almost like what these modernized bullies are. Cause like, you know, how like bullies from our time were like, jocks and shit like you know what right. I'm saying? these days they're like like goofy fucking whatever they are mm. and um like this dude like plays that so perfect okay that it's not even funny but because of that like i never bought him as like a killer and this kind of furthered that a little bit to where i really didn't buy him as a killer so like from the moment he took his mask off and the moment he was talking to people like i didn't buy him <laughs> as it but like yeah i didn't put that much thought into it that like he did just kind of like nonchalant oh hey you know college <laughs> like and stuff like that like like he was very you're right maybe it maybe it didn't set in and it's like man and who would kill her oh. yeah right like why would you kill her he knows how hot she is he that's her teacher his teacher yeah like and Seemed like a pretty cool class. Like, yeah. She was into these slasher movies. Dude, I took a horror studies class in college, and my teacher was like a fat dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I and know I never, everything about these movies. Yeah, and I never had the desire to kill him, like, either. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and he didn't give you a boner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh... Let's talk about some. So, first, let's talk about Kirby. She looked a little strange. Like, she definitely had worked on. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. Dude. I said the same thing. Like, the first thing that popped in my head, like. Madonna? You know how, like, when when you first see, like, Cult of Chucky or one of the new Chucky's, <laughs> when it shows the Chucky doll and the face just looks really, like. Right. Like, it's been chewing, like, something. Like, I mean, when it. <laughs> the, cheeks are all, the, che- uh, the cheeks are all swollen. Right. Like, that's the first. Like, I was like, ooh. Like, her face sure got puffy. Like, and it was, um, man, I gotta say, her introduction was the cheesiest thing I've seen in a while. Like, I mean, I ro- like, I looked at my girlfriend and we rolled our eyes at, like, the same time. Because, like, they had the, well, the FBI agent's in here. Mm-hmm. And they, like, had her, you know, like, 
looking all edgy and like like fucking punk rock wannabe and she spins around and it's like playing like this weird music in the background like we're like they would on like power rangers when they introduce like a, oh my like, God. like a character back like the, her introduction was the cheesiest shit like like i like how did you feel about that like when it first showed oh her? i felt like i was watching nightmare on elm street part three with heather Langenkamp. like oh this is the doctor that's gonna help you kids oh wow you are that's really on the nose like how did this happen you know like yeah when she comes out and she's fbi i'm i'm almost like you know you guys had forever to think about this and this is what you did there's so many things in this movie where i'm like they had all the time and i said this about the last movie too where they could have like because it's like they had ideas of like ways to bring characters or bring ideas to light, right? And they just went the weirdest way about getting there. Like I know. Um, she'll be an FBI agent and she'll be on the case. Okay. Well, like in in the last movie, it's like we have this great de aging technology and people love Billy Loomis. They haven't seen him <laughs> since the first movie. You know what we ought to do is figure out a way to bring him back. And instead of being like. You know what would be good is a flashback scene, right? Um, because that would make sense. They were like, "No, I seen Star Wars the other day, and they have these Force ghosts in there, Ugh. and I think we need to go in that direction." Ugh. And like, and also make him Mister Miyagi. Like, and it was just like, "Oh God!" When he when he, he looks down to the the gun or knife she was supposed to grab at the end, yeah. Go get her or get it. Go get it, kiddo. Come on, uh, that's weird. You were supposed she was supposed to be battling you this whole time because she's not a killer, and you're trying to make her one or whatever. And suddenly, you're redeeming yourself through her and her issues. Like you got. Why am I sympathizing with you, dude? Right. Like and like, yeah. I like how in this movie. They didn't even want to use the money, money or the budget to de-age him, so they just kept his scenes to a minimum and, and made him kind of blurry. Of like, yeah, like it made him all blurry. <laughs> He's like clearly like heavier set and all that <laughs> stuff. I was like, I'm so glad that those scenes were to a minimum because that was a big eye roll thing. Because like, let me just get this out of the way right now. Like you and I both, we both hate Screen Three, right? Yeah. Like okay, from an aspect of things that look cool to my eyes, like when Sydney's mother. When, it, when she showed up, I was like, wow, that's really creepy. But then when I think about it in the context of the story, I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking thing <laughs> in the world. This makes no sense. And how would the killer know? How would the killer know that she's seeing these things? Right, like, right, like, you right. Know, so I've always thought, keep the supernatural bullshit out of Scream. And maybe you can call this psychological, whatever. But, like, it's one of those deals, like, it. as much as I like Billy Loomis and like getting seeing Skeet Ulrich get work right. other than what like the cons or whatever it is he's Riverdale doing. Or whatever he did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as much as I like seeing that, it just doesn't it like they, they could have gone a hundred better ways to do that. Like and instead they were like the whole thing, I was like, surely they learned their lesson in the last movie. No. Um but I don't, but like I couldn't believe that they, they brought him back for that. So um, I digress. So we can get back on Hayden Panna to, to uh, whatever. Right, but before we do, you're right. Like Supernatural does not belong in Scream. Scream's supposed to be the grounded, realistic version of horror movies. Hundred percent. Campy is supposed to be the movies they're talking about, and then you're supposed to be the refreshing reality of the situation. Uh, so when you add in Ghost Mom, and I appreciate that you got the real actress who took those weird pictures in the first movie. Like, that's <laughs> that's great, but it didn't really look like her exactly when you put all the gray makeup on her and all that, and put the wind blowing her hair around. The blood and shit. Like, yeah, blood, yeah. It, no, don't 
no, you're not supposed to be doing this. That's the point. Yeah, we went this extra mile for this, and like, <laughs> it, like that 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 shit is just yeah. Ugh. And I, I mean, if we're talking about just those kinds of things, I think another thing was like the the stuff was so on the nose with the way they like tied certain aspects of the plot together. Um, like, okay. Like the big thing where they have all the stuff from every fucking killer in the, the museum. From, yeah. Yeah. The museum. I'm, I'm like, I don't care who you are. You're not getting every one of those pieces. Like you might, you could get lucky and maybe get one thing, but someone at some <laughs> point is going to be noticing like, Hey, you notice all the stuff, all those ghost face things have gone missing. Like, and like some of the shit they had was like, they had like a, like a piece of lint that was in Stu's pocket or something. Like the shit was so over the top that they had. And I was like, once again, you could have found a different way about this, but instead it's like the, the, the cop on a New York city cop, like salary bought all this stuff, like black market for his kid. Like, that's what we're going with. You couldn't just say like, Oh, like, I would be, you know, because we're in the world of make-believe, so I would be much more in the believable realm of like, well, we have a private evidence room for all the ghost face killings, and boom, there it is. Like, there, there, there's how you see all that stuff, but instead, it was like the most, that was so <laughs> The most crazy convoluted way he got them, yeah. Yeah, like the most unrealistic way, like... Like, like you could have or... said this was all in boxes in a storage room and we just replaced the boxes with empty papers and then people think it's still there, but it's really here. You know, like something else. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, one or two things missing. That's one thing. 47 things. Yeah, it's hard to swallow. Yeah, that, that one was a little bit much for me. So they have so... the TV that landed on Stu's head. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like they have the camera. Like that, that they ran around with filming this stuff for the news. Like, oh my god, it was just wild, dude. Uh, yeah, like Ken, Kenny the cameraman's shirt, right? Like. Kenny's, yeah, Kenny. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So for Hayden Benetier, I the one scene that really gave all Scream Four fans the the goosebumps or whatever was when she was going trading horror trivia, or whatever, with that other chick as a Friday two like that was cool obsessed guy and that being my favorite horror movie ever the fact that they said best friday the 13th and at least one of them said part two and the other said four and that's even like let's just say friday's my favorite thing these days i'm not even sure that's the case like i'm growing and changing i don't even know if i'm the same person i was 10 years ago when i started this show so I, I don't even know like where I really stand with anything anymore. I'd really have to reevaluate who I am, I guess. But let's just say Friday is my favorite thing in the world. Um, all signs would probably point to that, given my history. I'm okay with hearing part two and part four at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a good thing. It's like because you know I've heard like that. There's the cliche of like. Well, Friday threes where he got his mask, so that's the, that's the one for me. So, like the fact that they didn't say right three and four, three, I, I'd probably throw something at the screen if they said three and four. But the fact that they said two, because like I think you got to be a diehard for two and appreciate people getting killed in wheel, wheel, wheelchairs. <laughs> so yeah, and then the fact that like two has one of the most horrifying scenes in the history of any movie to me. 
like well that's the scene where the chick puts on the weird brown panties oh yeah that's horrifying when she bends over in the car and her ass is it's actually baggy on her ass yeah it's catching wind uh so yeah it's the fact that they acknowledge that part two is the best one and then the girl says but i had a crush on Corey feldman that meant the world to me. And now I'm like, okay, you guys played Jason Takes Manhattan. Now you said this. Okay, now I'm loving it. You know, like I was way into these conversations uh, on a better level than ever before. So did the last <laughs> – people are probably like, how could you be almost an hour into this and you did not talk about this? Do you know what I'm not – that we haven't talked about? The thing that really didn't matter at all that Sydney's not in it? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the one thing I said despite – what my opinions may or may not be of this movie. Me and my brother were talking and said, Sydney doesn't hold any weight. Like this movie, like to, to me, like I don't really, I wasn't like, man, I really missed her. She really held these movies together. It's like one of those things where it's just like, okay, like she's not here. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get, I don't know. Like you had five movies. You were only hard. How many, so much screen time did she even have in the last one? Listen, when she came back for part four, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it worked. And it, her cousin was jealous and all that stuff, and that was cool. Even if you were to shoehorn her in here, why would she be in New York? Why does she have to be a part of this story? This is now, you have four survivors. Five, including Gail. From the last six with her, but five, including Gail, for this movie. In this movie, why do you need a sixth survivor? Yeah, and the big thing there, too, is that I'm glad they didn't include her. Because, like, if they included her, they needed to just fucking kill her or kill Gail. Because, mm-hmm. like, this whole thing of, like, only the B character... And what, and this movie does it. A lot of people, I don't think, realize it. But this movie does the same shit oh, yeah. the, the first four movies did. Um, <laughs> especially the second movie. Um, but like this movie does the same shit where it's like, and they kind of like throw it in our face a little bit oh, yeah. where they're like the fearsome foursome or the four, what were they called? Um, or the, the core four, four. four or core four, yeah. Yeah. core four, parkour. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the core four, they fucking bury that in our face so much in the movie. It's so cheesy and it's so this and so that. And I knew I was like, okay, so they're basically telling us that none of these ones are going to die. And they, like, the same way, I mean, there's so many mirrors in, in Scream 2 in this movie. When, you remember on Scream 2, Dewey got, like, oh, stabbed God. crazily. Like, should have been so dead. Right. And then he rolls out on the stretcher with the fucking thing with on his thumbs face. Thumbs up and, and like, stuff, yeah. Yeah, thumbs up. Did the same thing with Chad right. in this movie. Like, and it was like, okay, so none of the four die. Okay. Yeah, that like, that's a whole issue. That's some a whole, we went from Sydney to his whole... <laughs> big topic it's funny this movie has tons of topics um yeah let's do uh, Dude, yeah okay no let's just go now that we're here let's stick with this and we'll go to sit if we have anything else to say so yeah okay so now that's a major problem like literally when i was thinking when i was taking notes because remember this is different we don't get to watch it and take notes we we gotta take a movie experience and then come home and try to rehash it in your brain right so Dude. i'm sitting here and i'm saying well, who died in this? I I almost struggled to find that to think of who actually died, and then I was like, okay, let me, I really gotta give this thought. So I said, the girl in the opening alley, 
the clerk at the store who was shot in the face, which was awesome, by the way. Killings were great. Yeah, the girl on the ladder. When her, when her face hit the dumpster and it looked like the way it did, it was amazing. It looked like oh. the girl at the end of part five who got burned in a little. Dude, little we got we got to talk about that scene in a minute. Oh, yeah. Let's come back to that. Like, yeah. see, there's just too much to talk about. This this show makes itself. That was the fucking. That was the most Looney Tunes scene <laughs> in the world. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gail's boyfriend, who was thrown through like a big window or something. Um, the therapist who got a knife slammed into his face and the opening dude who killed the girl and the guy in the fridge. So that's all I could think of. And, and the other is a list of non kills, the slutty roommate, who's the girl at the end, Gail, and we'll get there. Uh, what did I write? Something and try, what did I write? Tra- train? Oh, oh, the, the girl on the train. She, that that's the 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 black girl. She she didn't die. No. Are you kidding me? She's core four. How deep do these knives have to go, and how many holes can you withstand? How come everybody can take it? How bad are these people at killing? And 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 Jenna's yeah, and the other dude in the core four. How how didn't the two people repeatedly stab him over and over while these two watched? Yeah, it looked like if the fact that he didn't die, I don't know, man. There must be something in that muscle milk or whatever. It's like, <laughs> do you know that? The, but it's this team of people making this movie. You know, it all started with Tara, right? Her not dying in that opening scene of Scream Five is mind-boggling. Yeah, agree. How was she? That little tiny thing was alive. I have no clue. I. Right. Uh, maybe inhalers give you some extra power or something like that. <laughs> Dude, Hayden Panettiere is alive. How is Kirby alive? I don't know. What am I missing here? I, I have no clue. Um, you know, I, I, I don't get me wrong, because I know she's a fan favorite. I mean, yeah, she was m- definitely my favorite of, like, the fourth one, too. Um, but, like, I felt like she was just, like, Yep, they brought me back. Like felt like 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 I knew they'd call like kind of thing. And like it's interesting. I was reading about it. they had a really difficult time even tracking her down. Um, oh wow! Like she had, really? Yeah, she had. This is her first acting credit in five years, and they did. She didn't have an agent. They didn't. She didn't have anything. And like they had a hard time tracking her down. They tracked her down, and I, I don't know if she asked for the world. I don't know if they were just like, look, this offers on the table. If you're just if you haven't had work in five years, like I don't know how it worked, but like. Like, the way she believed she was hot shit as an FBI agent, like, I got that vibe from her comeback, too. Like, like she was just, like, metheding herself into it and all that stuff. Right, right. It, with, with these with these kills and survivors, you almost want to say in Randy voice, everyone is a survivor! <laughs> Instead yeah. of a suspect. You know, it's like, who's not a survivor? I'm trying to figure out. Like... <laughs> Dude, did you notice the nod, by the way? I thought this was super cool, super understated. Um, when uh, Hayden, when Kirby, uh, Agent Kirby, was in the van tracking the phone thing or whatever, mm. when she was doing that, did you notice that they were eating Cheetos just like Kenny the Cameraman was eating oh. in the first Scream movie when he was in the van? Wow. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. That's a cool nod. I noticed a different thing 
that I, I tied back. I'll never remember it now. But there was something else sort of like that that I, I noticed as a nod. Ugh. Yeah. The, 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 this movie had good nods, but they were subtle. They were much more subtle than, like, the right-in-your-face stuff. Like, well, we're at Stu's house. Like, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. So talk about uh, – let's get into a little more with the broad strokes in a way. Like, how about the whole laying down the rules scene again? Like, at, at this point – you know, it's like you can't even be annoyed. It's almost like it is what it is. You're watching a scream. Now, listen, if you watch these movies a lot, then you're hearing this stuff a lot more. But let's just say that they think this is just for normal people who watch these movies maybe once or twice. So it's not that <laughs> big of a deal, right? But no, we've watched these like 55 times and all that good stuff and all the sequels and you know, like how many times? I, I, I'm not, I'm not trashing the movie. I'm just wondering, how many times can you do an opening phone call? How many times can you lay out the rules? And how many times can the killers explain why they're killing you? Dude, I mean, like, you know, I know you're not trashing it, but I'll trash it just a little. Okay. Like, um, it's it's one of those things where I'm like. Come on. I don't think people talk like this, do they? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've never been in a situation, especially multiple times where I've had a killer chasing me. So I don't have ground to stand on. But maybe when I'd like to, I wonder if we can get an interview with someone who's been chased by a killer multiple times and find out like, so you and your friends, do you guys like sit around and talk about the rules of this? Uh, right. Yeah. But this all started with Randy talking about the movies themselves. And he was drunk, like, and, th- and that's the thing, like, like Randy not only was drunk, but dude, Randy was cool and timeless. And when he did it, it was like, it felt very natural. Oh, and yeah. where every, every person that has done it after him has felt forced. Like you can't like that little essence that Jamie Kennedy put in Randy, like you can't replicate that. And everyone's trying to replicate that all the way up to the point where they're like, Oh, like Uncle Randy or whatever. I'm like, you didn't even know him. Like, what do you mean, Uncle Randy? Like, you weren't even born yet. Like, it's funny that you say that and you describe it that way. When she was talking, I'm staring at her and I'm like, how can she say any of this naturally? I'm going to see how she's going to attempt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm watching and I'm like, you know, she struggled at the in the house near the fireplace in part five. And now <laughs> she's doing it here at the park and she's giving it her all, man. She's like, She's trying to be enthusiastic, and she's trying to to talk like this is okay to talk about. And she's even saying, we're not just a prequel anymore. We're the franchise now. And I'm just like, you're right. Who on this planet would ever talk like this? And I'm totally, like, trying so hard to to just shut up and watch a movie. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. I understand you guys rushed this movie in like a year, but like you literally, they copied and pasted so many things and just like changed it up a little bit. Like, let's just, let's just add it up like it is. We're going to take the plot from part two. Uh, Instead of like a small college town, we're going to say it's New York, but but there's going to be a lot of college driven stuff. Okay, cool. You know, and then we're going to like have some similarities, even in the kills and all that stuff. Like, um, you know, as opposed to the shrine will be in an abandoned movie theater, which you could make arguments either way on that one and all that stuff, you know, cause the first scream opened up in a movie theater, so on and so forth. Mm. But then when it's an exact duplicate is like, 
we're going to reveal that the killer, which like, I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, they, we already know. Yeah, we like, know. We've yeah. Already, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to reveal that the killer is the last killer's like family and bloodline. It's like, ah, uh, you. This is literally Scream Two. This is literally Scream Two. Just and and guess what? Just like Scream Two, none of the main fucking characters outside of Randy die. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like because we got this now new core four thing. We even got Gail getting punched in the face again. <clears throat> Yeah, and she doesn't die. Like, I, like somehow she like this woman's been stabbed so many times in her life. I guess they like when they do all that Botox and plastic shit to your face, they add some like protectors like in your chest and your stomach and stuff. Dude, let's get to Gail because I do want to go there for sure. <laughs> I loved that scene from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Her acting. The execution, the chase, the fight she put up. For sure. Everything was fucking perfect. And I thought it was an excellent ending for her because she fucking went out fighting, dude. Like, it was great. Yeah, but then they foot soldiered it and they were like, she's going to be okay. Dude, I was so dis- I've never been so disappointed to hear somebody's alive. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a quote. <laughs> Until Kirby 10 seconds later. Like I'm like, "Wait, what?" And I like Kirby. But mm-hmm. but it just made me feel, "Oh no, no. What am I talking about?" Then I was more upset that the other two were alive. Mm-hmm. I now I'm just like, "Well, you're taking away the stakes." Yeah. The the Chad being alive is still like the the most jarring thing cuz that dude just got, he got stabbed so much oh dude a- after that reveal and then finding that out i'm just like those are two swings and misses in a row you know dude they the acting and all of them did pretty good like the 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 kid was really good at acting like a nerdy kid though chick was really good at right. acting like oh she was like great some, some some slut and all that stuff and the, and the father was good at acting like a demented father but i feel like when they like turned into the killers and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they were like, look, we don't have a lot of time in this scene. So just, uh, have you seen like, uh, the next generation Texas chainsaw? Yeah. Just kind of like, <laughs> like act, you know, real crazy and this and that and, and stuff like yeah, that. Like, you ever see Matt McConaughey and Texas chainsaw next generation? Yeah. Just, just, uh, be as cliche as you can possibly be of people acting fucking weird and crazy. Right. And it's like they did. And I, I feel like, the 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 Dylan guy, what, what's his name? The the, the main dude, the, the cop in the movie. Okay. He, he, yeah, he's had a pretty good. I've seen him in a lot of other things. He's actually a pretty good actor. But I feel like even he was like, I that he did not know what to work with. There. Okay, good. I was gonna say because he didn't seem that great here. No, no, that he was just like confused and didn't really know what to work with. That they just kind of like threw it at him because like man, and so weird. He's like, well, I never liked those movies. But he did. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Might as well get to... Okay, we might jump back and say a few... Peck a few more things out um, after this. But yeah, let's get to the end reveal, right? To those listening, I am so sorry for my ADD and all over the place. We're just passionate. It's... it's uh, These were all natural places we went, and it works. It's fine. Um, because sometimes you got to do that. Like, <laughs> I used to be really trying to keep things in order. But I found out that most people don't even care for a walkthrough most of the time. Um, yeah. But I do try to keep the beginning in the beginning and the end at the end. So, okay. 
so this end reveal. Now, I fingered the cop right away. I know this sounds really weird. Oh, but, really? <laughs> but that's how we say it, I guess. <laughs> you, well, I just pegged him. <laughs> oh, okay, me too. I pegged the cop right away. Um, but yeah, I told my wife instantly, the cop is the killer. And she goes, yeah? I go, yep. Then when the two kids died, she goes, yeah, I don't know about your theory there. And I still held on to it. I was like, well, maybe maybe he has a reason to kill his kids. I don't know. Like, maybe that for some reason he wanted to kill him. We're going to find out why later. But I held on to the cop thing. I really did. He he comes out as as the killer, and I'm totally not surprised. I was like, yeah, of course. The aspect of, like you said, they're not digging deeper into the canon or lore or whatever you want to call the whole Billy and his mom and trying to go for stew and, and go right to the source. They actually said, well, we're just going to go to our own movie that we just made last year. Mm-hmm. And it's simply a classic old fashioned revenge. Th- my killer son that you just killed in the last movie. Now that seems lazy, but how much can you pump out of that original movie well? Like, should you keep pulling from Billy Loomis and that bucket of fun? Like, they already did that with Sam's character in an aspect by just having her be his kid. I mean, and, and like, Scream 4 got away with the Billy thing by just having the cousin be jealous of Sid and, and, and that. And they had their own reasons. And then the last movie had these weird toxic fandom reasons and and she became obsessed when they moved into that house or whatever like i kind of forgot but this one stuck to its own trilogy and so yes was i disappointed about why this is happening sure but then you get to the behavior of these three people and i'm i never felt like i was watching scooby-doo more than i did right now Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Without Stu, <laughs> I, I look at it like this: like I feel like every time in a horror film, when you start mentioning the word motive, like that's when you kind of like pull the veil back too much, and it's like, okay, like let's think about like the the Michael Myers thing. Like it it, it became less terrifying right. when he wa- wasn't a killer shark and he was chasing his family, his, sister, and right. his yeah. sister and his niece and this and that and stuff, and um. You know, it's like they've done the motive thing so many much and you'd have to find a good way to tell it. And like with these writers, I don't think they will find a good way ever (laughs) and stuff. I think they're just going to keep rehashing the same shit, whether it's Billy or the plot from Scream 2, so on and so forth. Like, you know, the next movie is probably going to take place in Atlanta since that's the new Hollywood. Mm. But um, at any rate, I think it's one of those things that realistically, like if they had one, and then the killer's revealed at the end, and the answer was why, and, like, he just had no reason, like, that'd be way creepier. Like, why do you got to have, like, these crazy motives and that you're related to this person or this and that? Because, like, I'm sorry, like, but I'm I'm pretty sure, like, I've never known anyone that has been a killer, and like, or I've never known a family where they were, like, my son's a killer, but, like, I've known like a couple families like where their kid did, did like meth or something or like like ended up behind <laughs> bars and the family like hey man we disown them that's not me like you know we love them forever right. they're not gonna go and fucking get behind bars with them or do meth with yeah them. Jeffrey Dahmer's father supported Jeffrey after all the murders and he didn't go killing 
the woman who lived next door to Jeffrey for reporting the smell. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I'm probably leaning into some of that too much and all that stuff, but yeah, like it, it yeah. And, uh, let's stay on, let's stay on this topic. Um, there was one more thing I was going to tell you. I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed this too. Did you notice in the evidence room, they pulled a Halloween four and they, the stock photo they used of Billy Loomis was totally just a screenshot from the movie. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, they um, pulled a Halloween four. Wow. Well, that that museum though did did that not seem like it was right out of a video game? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, because it was very like, you know, I think like it reminded me of like the Batcave where he has like all the <laughs> old suits are hung up. Right. Like, the no, shit I, lo- like, I thought it was cool too. Yeah. Like it was cool visually. Like it was cool to see all that stuff. But it's the same thing where it's like, well, don't get me wrong, it's cool to see like sydney's dead mom but does it really like it does nothing for the story necessarily like, they, they tried to weave it to where they could work it in the story right where they're like oh yeah she's gonna use the robe and knife and shit her father did it's like and that's cool yeah and that's cool but like it's just how they got there is so far-fetched and like I don't know, man. I mean, that dude must have been a really crooked cop to be able to afford whatever <laughs> that place was and then, you know, afford to buy all this shit black market and all that stuff, too. And, like, I mean, I was even thinking about it. I don't know if this is just me thinking too much, but, like, even the display case they had for that suit of yeah, Billy's. Where do you like, get that stuff? I was like, how much was this? And like, <laughs> Yeah, do you know how much my display room costs? And I got that stuff from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, um... Also, like, you know, the cop was like, it was pretty easy to switch out that body. So, yeah, like, right. Like carrying a, a, another corpse up three flights of stairs, <laughs> like, was easy for you. Yeah, no like, one saw this. Yeah. Yeah. One cool thing, though, my my brother pointed out, he's like, that makes that dude being dead in the bathtub kill so much cooler. Because that means the daughter probably did Just it, killed actually. him. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. There's a lot of cool things in this movie. Uh, I don't want it to sound like, you know, in my Scream reviews, um, when I did listen to with my wife, they do sound like I don't like these movies. And they do sound like all I do is focus on problems. Um, I don't know. It it just seems like uh, those are topics worth discussing. And I think when you break down and dissect movies because they're not reality, it's in your nature to find the problem or the flaw or whatever like even though i'm not really meaning and it and that does not reflect what i felt during the viewing it's just like once you sit down and think and discuss it with with, with another sane human being all of a sudden all this stuff is funny to me this is all just funny to me i don't care i'm not bothered by any of this it's just funny to me well i mean i love scream like you know i love the scream franchise i guess i mean there's some of them i really don't like um but like i don't it's not as coveted as like the halloween or friday films to me you know you know what i mean so it's like i don't have to take it as like i do those to where i'm but even even now it's like one of those deals where it's like you know i i wonder do you wonder if we're harder on the screen and stuff in this way because it's supposed to be meta um, like it's supposed to be smarter than just a campy horror movie. Yeah, and it's supposed to be well, it's supposed to be like real world and real real world, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Like for sure. Like when we talked about Ghostface running down the aisles of the convenience store in part one. Like, <laughs> why on earth would you ever do that? You're risking 
everything at that moment. Why are you killing Sid, trying to kill Sydney two days before the anniversary of her mother? Why are you running in the woods trying to eavesdrop on the front porch when you're her friend? You could just stand there talking to her and find out everything. There's a million problems with everything. I did it with all of the movies. Listen to everything we've done in the Scream retrospect. Yeah. And I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I'm not doing it because I think they're not good. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to show that the things I like are better. I'm not doing anything like that. This is just this is just where this stuff goes. I don't know. Maybe No, I mean that's why I, that's how I became a fan of your guys' podcast because you guys see the things the way I do where you can kind of laugh at it right. and like laugh at some of the shittiness. I feel like you're a real fan of something when you can kind of like see its flaws and mistakes. And it's and one of those. And still give it a four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I told you, like before we, uh, you know, started recording, like we were talking about the Halloween movies and that, well, we won't get into it now, but I was talking about like how I, the original Halloween's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably, probably my favorite film of all time, yeah. but there's a, a particular scene in it that I just, cringe at every single time but i still love it right it it is what it is and we're just having fun hopefully you do too like i always felt the point of of like the skeleton crew and bare bones is to make people laugh with us and enjoy the exploration and when we talk about the absurd things it's it's all in good fun it's not at all to change how you feel about anything. And it doesn't mean we don't love the, I did this stuff to psycho three. I did it to all the psychos. I think like it's still funny to do this to me. I don't know. It's it, if you don't share that humor, then you're probably not a skeleton crew fan, you know, like for this movie. So I guess we are at the end. I mean, it's a, it's a great suspenseful ending, you know, uh, Tara's hanging on the the balcony. The one girl's coming up. Somehow she didn't die either. So now now uh, Samantha has to kill her on top of this balcony. She shoots her in the head. Sam drops down, stabs the shit out of the dorky brother. Um, and then I kind of forgot. Oh, the cop was gonna like shoot Sam or something. And the then dorky brother. <laughs> and then and then uh, Hayden Penetier comes back to shoot him or something like that. I don't remember. Oh no no duh um Sam uh does something and then stabs him and then um then stabs him in his eye hole which is amazing brutal I love how she pulls it away and just jokes about it like that's fucking badass the chick's teeth get knocked out uh, who the the sister when she got hit with like the brick or something oh, like that really and did you not notice that and all all her teeth were on the ground oh I missed it ugh dude it was badass wow. And that's why when she, like, looked up, like, when she was, like, walking her upstairs, like, her mouth was all bloody and her teeth all fucked up. Like, oh, oh wow. it, was cool. it was cool as shit. Well, well, rewatch. I love the club scene in the beginning when um, Samantha shocks the dude's balls. That was great. That was awesome. I love the I loved the whole journey of Samantha's character. I loved having Hayden Penetier back, even though it was cheesy, the whole thing. I, I loved uh, Tara again. I loved her whole character arc and how she feels about trauma. Um, I I liked those two in the four core m- way more in this movie than I did more than I did in the fifth movie. 
I thought they were way more fleshed out, way better, way more enjoyable. The subway scene, we didn't really talk that much about it, but they had all these like Pinhead, Jason, Michael Myers. They had all these characters, Wednesday, whatever. And then the ghost face kept getting closer as it kept getting black. And you didn't know if, if anyone was a real ghost face or not a real ghost face. And then you got the other brother on the train. So now you're wondering... That that took away suspicion from him in a way because she was still stabbed and he had nothing to do with it. Because normally there's not three killers. So again, I don't know if the or not again, but I never said this, but I don't know if the cop ever put on the ghost face costume. I I don't think he did. I don't feel like he did. I'll tell you one cool thing that we've never really got to see before. I can't remember if we've seen it in the last movie or not. Or the last two was the two killers killing together at the same time. Never, no. Cool as shit. Yeah. Very cool. Um, didn't turn on each other in any way. Uh, so that was good. <laughs> That's hardly a thing you see. Loyal family all the way. Right. Because I think Jill turned on the Culkin. Uh, Billy's mom turned on Mickey. Roman had no one to turn on. Stu and Billy. They... <laughs> that was going to If he didn't kill him there, he would kill him eventually. Right. Uh, if Yeah, if he didn't kill him by throwing a phone at him, he was going to kill him as mother. other and then the last movie, I guess they got along pretty well, but uh, whatever. And then Ray and Bobby, of course. Uh, who's that? <laughs> That's a scary movie, the parody. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so, yeah. What are your overall thoughts and ratings of Scream 6 2023? So, my overall thoughts. The killings were really good. Really good. Um, the plot... I had seen somewhere else before. Um, <laughs> like, and I wanted more of the New York atmosphere. Um, the positives, like I said earlier, Sydney made no difference whether she was in it or not. Like, um, I don't, I didn't find myself missing her. I never missed her in the other movies necessarily. Um, so the only time you had thought about her is when they kept bringing her up. Yeah. I was like, who? <laughs> like, <laughs> Who? Who's that? Oh, okay, her. Um, and I'll say, like I said, killings were good. Ghostface was brutal. I liked, like, like, like his brutality in this one was probably top of the line. Gore was good. Um, it's funny because when I left the theater, as I was walking out, I remember leaving the theater and thinking, like, well, that was pretty enjoyable. That wasn't too bad. And then by the time I got to the parking lot, I was overthinking it and... I was, I told my girlfriend and told my brother, like, I don't know. I liked it more than so-and-so. Then we went on. And then like, I've noticed I've been all over the place today on it. Like, I don't think that, I I don't know if I'll watch it again. I'm not sure if I liked it that much. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, Talking about this has probably raised it up for a little bit for me. So I'm going to say we got a good laugh out of it. And you and I were able to talk about it for a while and we named some really good things about it. So I'm going to go three. I'm going to go three. Good. Liked it. Liked it. Um, You know, it ranks fairly well in the franchise for me. I think my rankings would go, my order from best to worst um, would go one, two, four, this one, uh, five, then three. I'm going to go one, four, six, two, five, three. Yeah. So overall, I, and I enjoyed the theatrical experience very much yeah. of this movie. So there was a lot of times I was like, oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. I'm glad you and I both laughed at the fucking 
poor man's Christian Bale. Oh, that's amazing. Person. You're yeah. amazing for saying that. <laughs> the New York thing, yeah. I wish it felt a little more New York-y, but I do like the um, the intimate uh, thing this time around. Because um, I, I did have a city flavor to it, but New York, not so much. It could have been any city, I think, is mm-hmm. the problem with that. Um I, I like the, the characters, how they got out of Woodsboro um, and all that good stuff. I like the brutality. The kills um, the kills were not that amazing to me. It was mostly just stabbings, I guess. I guess the one through the face for the therapist. The Gail's boyfriend was not that amazing. It was just thrown through a window. Um, the girl off the ladder, that was... And dude, when Ghostface, he is relentless. How many times... Brutal. Were you going to hear boom, boom, boom as they're climbing on that ladder and that dresser is blocking the door? They're in an apartment, right? Like, does no one else live in any of these hallways that lead to all the other doors of every other apartment? Like, how could nobody hear this? And there is no cops. Nobody has any problem with the noise he's making to get into this bedroom. Except the insane boyfriend who's like, waving his hands and, like, throwing stuffed animals at the window. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, he has this giant ladder. Ladder in his head. Why do you have that? What, are you painting? Why do you like, have that kind of a ladder in your apartment? Oh, my There's God. There's no need for it. Oh, yeah, that like, was so random. If he threw a rope or a bed sheet, I would have been more like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but he threw a ladder, dude. I got this. <laughs> hey, for some reason, I have this ladder. Climb across. And it's the exact length of this building to yours. Lucky. Yeah. This is all just working out great. Now all you got to do is climb across it. The easy part. Mm-hmm. Everything else was uh, one in a million. This is the easy part. Just get across. So, yeah. and even that girl, that girl, she was stabbed so many times. How is she able to climb across this ladder? She's like 95 pounds. Yeah, like people that get stabbed in these movies have like super. I've stubbed my toe and been like out for the count. Oh, I was on, I'm on the floor when I stub my toe. Yeah, Gail gets stabbed twice and she's still able to fight off a man. Or I guess was, I guess maybe that was the girl. I don't know. But either way, that was a pretty powerful. Again, makes no sense. That was a pretty powerful ghost face going after Gail. Yeah, those te- those teenage hormones. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So look, this movie. It, it it has like any movie. It has its its positives and it has its it has this WTF moments. Um, I'm glad <laughs> it fits right in with our scream retrospective. I'm sad Dave and Jamie couldn't be here, but I'm so glad Aaron was. Dude, you made this show <laughs> awesome. Um, so in I guess <laughs> we'll probably be doing another one next year. Um, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I really I really like it. Nice. It was a it was a very fun experience. I liked how it made me go back and forth with what I thought of it. And, but in the end, when I left the theater, I was I was pretty happy, and I felt that this is a pretty strong franchise. If you know, Scream Three is like the worst, and if, if if that is all we have major problems with, that's a good franchise. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the only one that I'm like absolutely just. Yeah, don't want to watch. Hate. Right. Like hate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's on, like, I'm gonna leave. Like right. kind of thing. Like 
Um, I guess we'll say it just on the record. Sydney did not come back because she was insulted with how much money she was offered. <laughs> and she felt that if she was a man and she had five movies in the franchise that the offer would not have been as humiliating. So she turned it down. But um, it, that that statement kind of gets washed away when you think about Jamie Lee Curtis's salary in the new Halloween movies. Yeah, she's not a dude. And uh, yeah, exactly. She doesn't exactly. seem to be bitching about nothing. So I think it has to do with your body of work and your character's importance to the story. And like, right. I just I even felt like in the last movie, her character did not have importance to the story. So, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, they're phasing her out. I mean, let's face it. They're handing this franchise to these two babes. Yeah, the core four. <laughs> the core four. Yeah, all four of them, I guess. And I am all for it. <laughs> yeah, give us something new. I don't need, like, more Sydney or Nev Campbell. I, I, I never have. No, I never did. I, I'm i glad you found a way to make four work, but I would have been fine if she had a trilogy and we moved on from there. 100%. So that's it. Again, thank you, brother. Great time. Great, fun, good stuff. Uh, another show I will treasure, and I'm glad that uh, we're still at it. And uh hope everybody enjoyed. And uh, again, thank you, man. Dude, thank you for having me. This was such a freaking blast. Like, oh, what a good time, man. And thank you for anyone listening for dealing with my ridiculous opinions and crap and all that stuff. Uh, no, I think they're going to love you. Um it was a long time coming. I think it's been, gosh, probably three years since we've uh, done a podcast together. So, because yeah, so I mean, this has been this has been a fucking blast, dude. So, thank you so much. Yeah, and we and we're not gonna say what it is, but me and Aaron have a different kind of retrospective planned. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, we're probably gonna get to it. Yeah, being the keyword. <laughs> and. That is probably going to drop this spring. Yeah. So look for that. So super pumped, brother. Thank you guys so much. This isn't just the skeleton crew. It's a legacy. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Yes, exactly. Later. Later. (laughs) 